You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on The Cooligans, it is the one-year anniversary of The Cooligans on Fubo Sports Network. Absolutely nuts. And to celebrate, we have an incredible guest, Alejandro Bedoya of the Philadelphia Union. That's right. We talked to him about a lot. We talked about the Union. We talked about the men's national team playing in Europe, youth development via street soccer, and how Christian and I are going to make some bootleg art he's going to buy for a lot of money. <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> that that's and more today on The Cooligans! <laughs> What's up, guys? Landon Donovan here, and I got to kick it with the Cooligans today. Keep following, keep listening, keep watching. See you guys soon. Yeah, baby! (laughs) What? It's our anniversary. Cumpleaños, feliz. Cumpleaños, feliz cumpleaños, Football Sports Network. Yeah. Y nosotros también. <laughs> yes, it shows in Spanish now. Get used to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of people we, are like, wait a minute. Did not, I click on not... Los Cooligans? <laughs> okay, we lured you in for uh-huh. the first year in English. Uh-huh. Okay. And then in, we swap. In... <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we, from the, you know, the, the language of the conquerors to the other language of the yeah, conquerors of the other conquerors <laughs> la nina la pinta la santa maria <laughs> yeah, let's go no man this is exciting uh yeah a lot to celebrate a big show today uh but yes it is one year uh, of the cooligans on the fubo sports network on fubo tv so uh congratulations to, hey, hey to- christian congratulations and happy anniversary to you <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, yeah. Alexis. Yeah. I thought, uh, yes, it, it's it's almost. A, I thought now an you were going to say happy anniversary to me, but I guess it's just yours. <laughs> I guess it's just, it's just Christian's was, anniversary. Everybody. I was about to say that. And you interrupted me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we, you did it. We did it. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So happy anniversary. So uh, a, a big show today. And every again, if, if this is your first time tuning in, my name is Christian Polanco. And I'm Alexis Guerreros. All right. We are the Cooligans. We are your favorite stand up comedians that are celebrating a one year anniversary. Right. Because <laughs> and we do have... the funniest. Uh, soccer television show exactly and it's not just that we're also celebrating one year of the gulliest television show you've ever seen in your life okay all right okay. the resume is just getting larger and larger okay? now christian and i gotta go have an anniversary dinner behind outdoors <laughs> at an italian restaurant between where, us, yeah. where we're gonna lady in the tramp a piece of spaghetti <laughs> exactly there's gonna be a, a hole in the plexiglass where i can yeah. put my fork and, and feed you some food uh, 100%. Be uh, usually a hole in a plexiglass is <laughs> If you're celebrating the anniversary that way, it went bad. You know? <laughs> okay, it's a clear plexiglass, right? Yeah. <laughs> Things went bad if you're at a at a at a wall yeah. with a hole in it. On what would have been your anniversary? All right, we got we got to tone it down. Right, it's the one year anniversary. We got to class it up because we have an incredible show today with the captain of the Philadelphia Union, Alejandro Bedoya. Okay, That's and this right. we should give him a much more proper introduction. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so here it is, uh, our conversation with Alejandro Vidoya of the Philadelphia yep. Union. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for listening to the episode. We just want to bring it with one from one of our sponsors, us, and you. That's right, Gully Squad, out in full force. Uh, That's right, out. I mean, you mean in, in full force. We are staying inside. <laughs> we, are, we are outdoors <laughs> spreading this disease. That's what we do, Gully Squad. We cough in everyone's mouths, <laughs> But we, dude. we're spreading gulliness, all right? None, That's of, that, right. none of that COVID nonsense. Nah, dude, we're, we're spreading COVID-69. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the fun one. 
fun. Yeah, dude. You didn't think you'd want it in the beginning, but when you get it, you're like, you know what? It's kind of fun. So, yes, uh, shout out to, 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 to Gully Squad. And, uh, yeah, for people who help uh, support the show, help us uh, put out more content. We've been doing a lot more stuff, especially uh, on uh, live streaming. Uh, they've been a part of it as well. We've been doing stuff on Twitch. It's been really, really fun. Uh, even though, yeah, we're stuck at home where we can still uh, do some fun stuff and, and give, you know, whether it's exclusive content, a dope Slack channel, uh, we're, we're still uh, putting out great work. Uh, and, and that's all because of Gully Squad. Absolutely, and they they support us, and we wanna we wanna make sure that that's uh, we give them back some cool content, and also we wanna make sure we find other people that wanna come hang out in this Slack channel because so far it is pretty lit. Yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. Exactly. So if you wanna join Gully Squad, all you gotta do is go to soccercooligans.com and click on the Join Gully Squad button. It's right there on the menu. It's at the top. It is at the bottom. Uh, very visible, easy to find, and it's a it's a great community. And there's also uh, great perks. Obviously, we, you know, the Gully Squad was invited to. Our birthday party and how, how lit was that? I mean, they got to they got to hang out with who are some of the folks they got to hang out with, Alexis? I mean, it was a wild time <laughs> that I'm kind of forgetting that because I drank so heavily. <laughs> but we had Sal Volcano of the Impractical Jokers come through. That's right. Okay, we, we, that's right. The Impractical Jokers. We had Alexi Lawless come through, who some say is a kind of a clown. Right. Yeah. See, <laughs> so he's he's a less practical Joker. Uh, he's uh, he also serenaded us yeah. right with a guitar. Ellie Menjim of Darby Days hey. and Copa ninety fame. We had a, uh, Mart- Zach Valentin, Cal Martino, Edson Buttle. Yes. I mean, everybody uh, was there. It was super super fun. Uh, so those are some of the cool uh, perks that come with being uh, uh, in Gully Squad, and and we try to give everybody a really fun and unique experience that you may not be able to get everywhere else. If you you know just a casual soccer fan, so feel free to join. Uh, again, uh, you can uh, subscribe at well, like whatever level and whatever you want to give every month. Uh, and there's different uh, you know perks for uh, the different levels as well. So make sure uh, go, again go to soccercooligans.com, uh, click on the join Gully Squad button, and come aboard. Toot toot. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I'm so excited for this, Christian. Uh, dude. This dude, right? <laughs> I mean, I know that you are Colombian during World Cup and major tournaments. That is, yeah, that is the rule. Uh, right. Because Dominican I'm, Republic ain't making it. You know what I mean? Okay. I am every, during every international, big international tournament, Copa America, World Cup, I am right. loaned from DR <laughs> right. to Colombia. That's how and I, I become... I become Colombian when I get to Queens, just <laughs> just for the discount on the exactly. food. What, fam. Once you hop on the seven train, you <laughs> are officially it's over. Right? <laughs> um, all of a sudden, I don't think Cuban coffee is the best anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, but this dude, I mean, you know him. Played for the men's national team. He played for Rangers. He played for Helsingborg. He played for another team I can't pronounce. He played for Nantes. He now plays for your Philadelphia Union. We're so excited. That's right, the captain. I am so excited to have him on finally. This is the only reason we even had Jim Curtin on the show. You know what I mean? Was just to get us one step closer. It was a means to an end. Right? I mean, you do what you got to do, right? No, absolutely. We love Jim Curtin. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, unless you're driving, in fact, pull over if you are and put your hands together for the, uh, the one. The only Alejandro Bedoya. <laughs> Ale, what's up, brother? Oh, I like how you pronounce my name. You know? Dude, we had very, to go full. Many people full. get that right, you know. We had to go full Latino. You know what I mean? Latino, That's an honor. Latino. Now, like here's it. something Love that it. was surprised me because I've always known you as a Florida dude, right? But I didn't know you were born in Jersey. I also didn't know 
you went to Fairleigh Dickinson. So the first question I got to ask you, and there's only one right answer. Is it Taylor Ham or is it pork roll? <laughs> pork roll all day. Come on! Whoa! That's not right. You're from the north side, man. Yeah, I got to go with that. It's funny, though, because, you know, uh, my hometown, when I'm some player profiles or whatever gets listed as uh angle in New Jersey. And my friends from South Florida, they all give me crap all the time. Like, what are you talking about? You're from South Florida. I'm like, well, you know, I'm up in Philly now. I got to represent my Northeastern roots. <laughs> Damn. Philly gotcha. Huh? Once you get the bag, you go pork roll. Okay. <laughs> all right. They don't realize you were so bougie. Ale, I, I'm okay. crying on the inside, Ale, just so you know. <laughs> uh, dude, look, we've, uh, we, we talk about you all the time on, on our show. We are just huge, huge fans. Not uh, you know, a, a great player, a, a men's national team player that's played all over the world. Just a, a highly respected uh, athlete, especially yep. when it comes to uh, American soccer. Uh, I, I think we should really just start with... Um, Let's talk about just Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Union right now are, uh, you know, the MLS's back tournament didn't go as planned, but it, I could definitely feel that the, the the passion was was clearly there about about you know this tournament means something. We want to win something for the Philadelphia Union fans. But what does it mean to be the captain of the Philadelphia Union? Because we we have a bunch of Philadelphia Union uh, supporters as friends and. It is the, the the passion for soccer in that city is is different than wow. than any other place that we've gone to. Philly, it's a sports town. There's no denying that. I mean, it's I don't know top three sports city in in, in the country. And you look at all the teams and championships the teams have won and how competitive all those sports teams have have become. But uh, you know, it's still up to us, the soccer. We we just continue to our club, our union, um, to to try to gain more respect amongst the. Uh, the kind of the mainstream fans in Philly, right? Because we're, you know, if, uh, if you know Philly, you know that all the sports teams, they play on the same pretty much parking lot here. Yeah. Phillies, the Sixers, you know, the Flyers and the Eagles, they're, they all got their 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 spots at the same uh, place. And then, you know, the Union, we got to drive an extra 30 minutes out of the city to get to it. So we're kind of dying, you know, working hard to, to earn that respect amongst um, the rest of the Philly uh, you know, fan base. But uh, I think we've done that over the course of the time that I've been here, you know, we've been able to um, become more respectable as a franchise, as a club, our playing style, uh, you know, just becoming way more competitive uh, uh, in, in, in all of MLS. And I think we sit now here in the, at the top of the table uh, in the past few years, we, we've shown that we can compete with, the, with you know, <laughs> the highest budgeted teams yeah. and the best teams. And like you said, MLS is back tournament. Um, there was some some pushback against that in the beginning. Obviously, you know we were negotiating the CBA as well. There's no denying that. I'm sure you've heard some of my comments as vocal as ever. But uh, you know, like with anything, um, what happens off the field is one thing. But when the whistle blows and and I I go between those white lines, it's game time. You know, it's business, uh, and you try to compete at the highest level you can and uh, work hard and represent your 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 club, your team, your fans. And uh, I think we did that and we were able to get to the semis. We fell short, unfortunately, but uh, we showed that uh, whatever the case is, we're, we're, we're able to compete with anyone. Um, Ale, the, there's something that happened. And I, this is just as someone who's a, a fan. We're both very vocally fans of NYCFC. So we see the Philadelphia Union play all the time, but we're not watching every single match. But there seems to have been a corner that has turned from the sort of middle to end of last season to to where you guys are now there's wh whether it's 
Jim Curtin's system is set, whether it's the players have sort of clicked. Something has happened where you guys seem so much more unbeatable. Like it seemed to me in the past when you guys were winning and playing well, you guys were sort of, you know, banging on all cylinders. But now it's like there's a certain level that's been hit. Do you agree? Do you see the same thing? And what do you attribute that to? Because you guys are playing so incredibly well. Yeah, I think there's always a period of growth, right? I think when I first came here, it was still an ambitious plan put forward with, you know, uh, with, with the ownership group and you know the executives and everything like that. And you know, I saw it as a challenge. Um, I would say that they built a, a, a good core, you know, with a great goalie in Blake. We've now got quality center backs. Uh, I think we've got as competitive as a midfield as we have, uh, as you have in the league. Um, and now you have some strikers that have been productive. Um, so when you, you put all that together, you have the ingredients for success. And, and the more time we've had together, the, the more experience, you know, you can't, you can't teach experience, right? And I think we've been able to grow together as a club. Same with uh, Jim, the coach, and, and the staff that he's got, he's put together. So, um, yeah, I think uh, things are things are good here in, in Philly. You know, I think um, when I first got here, I told you it was, it was um, for, well, first of all, my first game was New England, against New England Revolution, and we won 4-0 in Boston. So uh, you were like, great, like, great move. I was, yeah, I was like, shit, man, this is pretty easy over here. Like, damn, all right, smooth sailing. But obviously it got a lot tougher, and it is a lot tougher. Um, but I would say even then, you know, we just didn't have, you know, the players that I thought we needed to have at a certain level to get to where we needed to be, you know, and, you know, obviously there, there's been a change of players, but, you know, there were, there was times where I would get frustrated, you know, or obviously I came with a DP tag, so you try to do too much. So it took me about like six months to finally just settle in and be like, All right, I don't have to just go back to doing what you do best, you know, yeah. don't try to overcompensate. Um, and, and there's things, you know, uh, the kids coming from college game or even from the youth setup. Um, tactically, they're, they're not where they are, they're where they need to be when they get turned pro. Uh, or, you know, guys that you can't even hit diagonal balls as a center back. You know, you got to be able to do that at the pro level <laughs> to, get out of pre- to play out of pressure and stuff like that. So th- there's things we, we've obviously our depth and, and the quality of players that we have now are, are a lot greater than I when I first got here. And even before, you know, I think yeah. Philly Union, I don't think it was a pretty, I would say, mediocre club. I hope nobody takes offense to that, but uh, it, it is what it is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, you can't teach experience. So I think now I'm in my fourth or fifth year now. I don't even know. And um, I think we've already come a long way in doing so. But yeah. a lot of credit to, to Jim and their staff, you know, for, for putting certain game plans in place and getting us to play a certain way. And then up to me as a leader to make sure everybody believes in those plans and, and fights through one another and, you know, plays well together yeah that's what i love about the philadelphia union that that there is that belief not too many teams have this this uh patience right to to go through you know these up and downs sort of seasons and then i love the humility even jim Curtin, even just uh, you guys won five to one recently right and and i think one of the one of the questions some of the questions from the press are like can you believe you guys are winning? Like, like, and, and, and Jim was just like, we're good. We're a yeah. good team. He actually I don't said, like, you. you can say we're a good team. It's like, say it. You know? Yeah, I, I, like at home. That was a, a result that we got at home. At home, I mean, we've shown to be really, really strong at home. So it's a, it's a fortress for us. So, yeah, I mean, D.C., I don't know if we're D.C. United's kryptonite or whatever it is, but I think we, we, we've – you know, we've got the best out of them recently. Okay, okay well, I know they're going to clip that and play that in the locker room. So thank you for putting that. <laughs> if any DC That's player fine, watching baby. this right I'm now wants to be on the show. I'm pretty confident when we play at home. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk to you a little bit about sort of, I mean, 
being a being a, a a Latin kid from South Florida, having that connection to Jersey, and then next thing you know, you're playing in Europe. What was that? What made you make that decision to go to what is it? Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Orebro. I don't even know how to pronounce it properly, but that, 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 that O with the two dots is like a yeah. U, I guess. Like, I don't know, something like that. But uh, no, I mean, obviously, uh, as a young player growing up um, I, in a Colombian household, I was always watching soccer on TV. A lot of uh, Argentine, you know, South American soccer, but uh, we'd watch a lot of Italians, football, Serie A, you know, um, growing up. So I think that's where I always wanted to be. That's where the best players were, you know, you'd watch in Champions League um in your college dorm rooms and stuff uh making sure you're, you you catch a game at 2:45 in the afternoon and sometimes you skip class or whatever but that, that's where you wanted to be that's where the best <laughs> games are you know the best uh, players are so uh at that time still MLS was still it was still growing you know uh, and you'd hear things about you know the length of contracts guys would sign and how hard it would be for uh for you to kind of make that jump abroad because there's all these stipulations and stuff so I just knew that's why I wanted to test myself and challenge myself. So, um, you know, uh, Charlie Davies had played at Boston College before. Uh, I had a chance to go over to Sweden, actually, the, in my junior year in the summer and visit him. And also, you know, have a training stand with one of the, that club. Um, and I loved it. I mean, how can you not love uh, Sweden, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I went over in the summer, so the weather was unbelievable. You know, it was like daytime though, all 24 hours. You know, (laughs) Charlie took me out one night, and you know, you go into the club and it's uh, it's sunlight, and you walk out at three, two in the morning, and it's sunlight. Looks like 2 (laughs) p.m. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We get breakfast or lunch or brunch. Maybe we should go back in. I don't know. Maybe I'm not even tired. (laughs) Yeah. So no, it was it was great, man. You know, so so I and. I thought that I always figured that that would be a great stepping stone. You know, I was basing that a lot of what Charlie was telling me as well, you know. So having him give me some of that feedback and advice was great. And just seeing how they were so passionate about soccer there when I went to watch one of his games. So I was like, this is awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so a kid from Jersey, you know, uh, playing in South of Florida with a bunch of South Americans and uh, things like that. Um, I never thought I would be in Europe so soon, you know, but. Uh, I knew if I wanted to really push myself to the next level and if I wanted to get to where I wanted, you know, I, I could always technically come home if some, nothing worked out there right. initially. So I had to take that jump. <clears throat> yeah, I, I saw another interview with you uh, not too long ago, and I think somebody had asked a question about um, when do you think you could actually become a professional and i think you i remember you said like 17 or something like that like uh, at that age late, late. which seems pretty late right like what was it, it feels like things must have happened very quickly when when you said i want to be a professional and then like a couple weeks later like oh my god i'm like i think you're I'm going gonna... to sweden buddy <laughs> 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 what was um was it strange to you that that it felt so real at uh, that, that late of an age given that in soccer in general it's just like usually know by like 13 14 years old uh, and did, did it seem like everything was happening so fast? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the, kind of the different landscape we have here, or we had at least yeah. when I was still growing up, you know. Um, there was no really MLS Academy. There were, there were none when I, when I was around. Um, so for me, my, my parents always harped, you know, education, 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 and, you know, maybe I wasn't getting the same opportunities as some other kids, you know, when they were on the – state teams, regional ODP team. We can talk about that bullshit later on, but that's another conversation. (laughs) But, uh, 
yeah, it wasn't until like my freshman year at FDU at Fairleigh Dickinson when I, I got a call up to the, the U20s. Um, so that's kind of when it really started clicking. Like, yeah, I can do it. You know, even in high school when I, I still got, you know, state player of the year and stuff, I, I still, I, I felt like I still wasn't getting that acknowledgement of being one of the better players. Um, as I had other teammates on my Western team, um, that were getting more of the accolades and, and, you know, kind of scholarships to colleges and stuff. So yeah, it was late until I really realized that shit, I, you know, I'm better than some of these guys and, yeah, yeah. and I got a real chance to make it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, right. it, it's uh, as long as it like it. Not only did it, it, it might have been. I don't know if it's necessarily a late bloomer thing, but sometimes I think when identifying talent in the U.S. and definitely probably at that time, there probably wasn't anyone to definitively tell you like, "Yo, you are you. You could be in Europe if you really just keep pushing yourself." I, I don't well, know if because that... the people who are talent identifiers maybe still to this day maybe aren't best town identifiers yeah. you know what i mean like i still have emails saved of college coaches telling me that i'm too skinny i'm too small i was too short i'm not fast enough like all these things that i mean they shouldn't matter if you can play you can play yeah <laughs> I, I had an official visit done to one school where the coach is like i don't see you starting as a freshman like how can you tell somebody that like you haven't even seen me step foot and compete against the guys that you currently right. have. Like you're not even giving me a chance right away. So it's like, come on, like, you know, so, you know, I, I wish never someone would have told me I was too skinny ever, you know, <laughs> <It'd be> so <laughs> nice. Well, Hey, now my, now I got my wifey telling me you know, about talking shit about my dad bod. So. <laughs> <laughs> And we should talk about a very uh, when it comes to leadership, man. I mean, mm -hmm. not only are you like the, the the captain of the Philadelphia Union, but you are a, a captain of, I would say, MLS of uh, professional athletes in this country when it comes to taking a stand and 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 really uh, speaking the truth, right? Street, speaking truth to power. Uh, you had uh, an kind of an unreal moment that took over uh you know it was on espn it was on uh national news international news you uh had scored a goal you and we spoke about this on our show you scored a goal you grabbed a, a microphone that was in dc yes in dc like you might not even <laughs> need the mic for them to hear you <laughs> <laughs> and uh and you really you know delivered a very powerful message uh asking congress to do something about gun violence i mean we we had just seen uh, ju I, I don't even remember which, which mass shooting it was because there there were just there's just too many to remember but you know w w when we had jim Curtin on the show we spoke to him about like as the coach uh, and what did that feel like seeing one of his players kind of uh, uh you know show that kind of leadership and really kind of speak out and use that moment for something powerful but now we can ask you what was um it's not even about what led up to that moment because we know what it was, but what, what was your life like after that happened? And, and, and whether it was dealing with trolls on the internet, whether it was dealing with the positivity, what, how did you feel after that moment? Yeah, it was just, I felt, it felt pretty good to get that off my chest. You know, just that weekend was surreal. We were in DC and you know, that was, the El Paso and Dayton shooting happened on that same weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just at the forefront of my head. I, I, you turn on the TV in the hotel room, that's all every station is yeah. talking about. Uh, it's like, here we go again, you know, another mass shooting in, the, in this country. So um, I, I still can't wrap my head around what exactly led me to the mic because uh, of a premonition or whatever it was. But I, I remember I went over to celebrate in that corner because 
we had played them previously in the cup game, and that's actually where our, way, uh, our fans were <laughs> that game, but yeah, uh, that last it, previous it, game. It, like, I but think they it changed was, it up. Wasn't <laughs> it El Sino's mom or something? Somebody's mom yeah, was there. <laughs> I went over there, and I didn't see any of our fans, but actually down low, I see yeah, El yeah. Sino's mom and sister. <laughs> I went over and hugged them. You know, I didn't recognize them. And it's all, yeah. and like, you know, I'm, I'm hugging them. I look over, and I saw the mic, and whatever it was, I went over and did a corner and just said what I said, right? So, did you know that those mics basically are put like really high and loud and pick everything up and you yelled directly <laughs> in it to where I'm sure yeah. some tech in the in the truck was like slapping the earphones <laughs> off his head? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But there's also always some guy in the truck too, right? I mean, yeah. when you're watching live back at home, you're on a five, seven second delay. So they could have easily cut that out, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they did. So um, I had no idea, you know, it got played out until the police officer on the sideline going into the locker room. It said like, hey, by the way, thanks for what you said, and uh, you've gone viral. And that's when I knew like, oh, here we go. You know, my phone battery was already dead with all a bunch of messages and everything. Wow. But yeah, you asked me if I if I dealt with trolls. Um, you're always going to deal with trolls, right? Social media. I mean, unfortunately, that it is what it is. But that was maybe only like one, maybe two percent of all the messages I got. You know, I, I just dealt so much more with the positivity. Um, you talk about impact, and and I had victims of of mass shootings themselves reach out to me talking wow. about how how um amazing it was for them to hear somebody like myself to to back them up kind of or to give them a voice um you know uh, suffering from anxiety ptsd all these things yeah. you know it, it's just amazing it's incredible that we still continue to see the amount of gun violence that we do in this country you know um I think uh, is an issue that I started getting more involved in living overseas. And obviously with my, uh, my wife is from Norway and, and, and they don't deal with any of this type of gun violence that we do here. You know, the gun yeah. culture, obviously that we have in our society. So after that incident, you know, um, obviously I became a member of a uh, every town um, organization that oh, yeah. tried to bring gun awareness. And, and so I'm uh, part of their athletes council, um, sit on the board. So, just trying to do things, you know, in, in here in Philly, in my community, even back home uh, in Weston, because as you all know, Weston is very close to Park, where that shooting happened, yeah. um, that school shooting. And I, I have a teammate here at the union who lost one of his best friends in the shooting. So, you know, Jeez. this all hit really close to home. And, yeah, and yeah. after the Parkland shooting, that's when I, I, I started getting more engaged. And obviously this that shooting that we can see happen. So as a person, as a human, uh, you know, as you guys may be familiar with me, I've always been a vocal guy, you know, I've always stayed up for what I believe in. Um, and this is no different. Um, so I feel like uh, as a father uh, now, as a, who has two kids now going to a school down the road from where I live and having calls and texts uh, two or three times now about the school being on lockdown, you know, because of a uh, active shooter or a suspect with a gun. I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, like we can do better than this as a society. Like we need to continue to work together. You know, mm -hmm. obviously in this country, we have the two party system, but this is a nonpartisan issue, right? This is, and a lot of the things I talk about, I bring up, it shouldn't be so political, you know, that we have to shut up and not talk about it. Um, this is, I'm coming at it from a, a humane angle, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's where I, that's where I come from for, for, with a lot of these things. I can't imagine someone being upset at a message of people shouldn't be dying from senseless gun violence like that no, the fact absurd, that yeah. someone gets upset about that it's like whose side are you on yeah yeah you know <laughs> right exactly it, it really is inspiring even more like uh you know my parents are from dominican republic so immigrant parents when you're the like the child of immigrant parents what tends to happen is is that they're they're more 
protective and cautious and like, don't say anything. Don't get don't, us in trouble. Don't get us in trouble. Don't attract <laughs> My attention. family was like, don't make them send us back to Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, as another Latino, it is also inspiring because it's like, you know, we, we're, we're as American as anyone else, as the people that desperately want guns, we're as American as they are by saying we don't want ridiculous gun violence uh, all the time and somebody should uh, stand up for that. So I applaud you for, for yeah. doing that because it, it definitely from? helps us as well. Well, who does that come from? Who does that? Nah, fuck out of here. I'm going to say what I want. Honest, because you see that Colombian shirt he's got on? I have Colombian parents, and they're like, ah, yeah, le otra vez. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's that little bit of Taylor ham you had before you moved to Florida. I'm just going to say. He <laughs> would call it a pork roll, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we're here with Alejandro Bedoya, captain of your Philadelphia Union. Um, and obviously, you know what? Captain of our lives. How's that sound? Uh, he says some things that are pretty powerful. I'll accept it. Uh one of the questions that I have for you, look, we could talk about your time at Nantes. We could talk about your time at Rangers. And, and I am interested in those things. But one of the things that interests me most, and just from this conversation, is what were the opportunities for you like? Because Christian and I talk about this. Christian's from Brooklyn. I'm born and raised in Newark. Like, one, a lot of the things that we hear from soccer players is that if you come from a certain community, you didn't get the same opportunities. And you kind of hinted to that a little bit. Why, why weren't you, if you're this good, why weren't you discovered until you were 17 or 18? Why didn't you think you had that chance? Maybe were you not able to afford the, all the touring clubs and all those things that a lot of these kids have to do? Is that where the scouts are? What are some of those things? And do you think you want to maybe help change those when you get out of the game? Well, well, look, actually, I have to say I was pretty blessed with with everything um, that I had growing up. You know, I think my parents worked hard where we, we kind of, had all means, you know, to everything. Um, but I was on the team, uh, the Western, Western FC, um, that was one of the best teams in the country, actually. Um, you know, we went to, you know, we won states a few times, uh, went to regionals and were even at nationals a couple of times. Um, so we had a talented group. So I would say out of, you know, the people in my demographic, Latino, you know, minority kids, um, I had it better than many, than most. Uh, but that's not to say my teammates did we were one of the best teams in the country because of the minority players on our team, the kids, uh, you know, Haitian players, uh, um, guys from, um, you know, whose parents migrated to the States and probably didn't really speak English very well, but they're Spanish speakers. Um, but the reason why they were able to be in our team was because parents like mine and other kids on the team, uh, were able to pay for, for them to come because their, yeah, yeah. their families couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And I remember we had to host a bunch of fundraisers as, as kids, you know, 13, 14 year old kids. We'd, we'd have to do a bunch of fundraisers outside of supermarkets, outside of, you know, lemonade, fire stations. So lemonade, lemonade, all like all this stuff, <laughs> man, to try to get money for funds to travel to these tournaments, to these showcases where we would be seen. And that's part of the problem in this country, right? You know, there needs to be more investment because a lot of these kids get left out. Um, and get left behind because they're not able to afford, you know, the, the pay to pay, the pay to play, and uh, be able to get sent to um, these showcases or tournaments. You know, I think things have changed. Obviously, there's more opportunities there. You know, I love what the union here have been have been doing with the YC Academy and affording opportunities. You know, for guys like Mark McKenzie, the Austin Trustees that we've had, and, and amongst others. But as uh, you know, as a guy growing up in South Florida, uh, I can't tell you how many uh, how much talent there is down there. Um, as you guys know, even in North Jersey, you know, guys from Ironbound, Newark, and all these areas um, that maybe 
don't don't get the same opportunities as other kids uh, whose family can afford to put them in certain uh, showcases or, you know, I think there's like this Adidas ESP tournament growing up. I don't even know if it still exists. Um, that costs a lot of money for you to actually be part of these training camps, training sessions, um, put you up in dorm rooms and these hotel rooms. So, um, yeah, there needs to be a better balance, you know, and I think if I'm not sure what I will do after I retire, you know, <laughs> still thinking about all that. Um, hopefully not soon, but, uh, that is one of the things that I like to, I'd like to close that gap, you know, and, and see if we can, I think there's other people out there, you know, one of the initiatives here that I'm working with Philly is trying to create more, you know, street soccer, street soccer, like street opportunities where around the city, you know, how can we turn some of these green spaces or abandoned spaces into just a small court, you know, where we can play some soccer, you know, five aside, um, five aside, you know, get out there, um, get them kids off the streets and, and, provide more opportunities for minorities um, to, to, to play a sport like soccer, the beautiful game. Yeah, I got an idea. Why don't we get the rich kids to pay for a tournament where no, <laughs> where none of these people actually go to showcase and we take all that money and we put it on for the, for the hood kids so they can get Now I know what you're thinking. Don't make me a part of this. Cause technically that's stealing. It's not, I'll pretend to be a scout. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. I probably that's shouldn't what, have said this on TV. That's why know? we invited you on the show to get into these investment opportunities. Okay. Uh, you know, Bitcoin. Have you heard of it? I don't know yeah. what it is, but I think I could get you to agree, Alejandro. Here's my political answer. No comment. <laughs> All right. We'll talk off here. We'll talk off here. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. There, there, there is something to, to how, um, you know, someone I grew up with basketball, baseball, you know, which sports that don't necessarily um, have this inherent sort of community built into it. Soccer is something where I learned late too late in life that I'm like, man, there is something built into the game where whether it's the, the passion from all the supporters, whether it's the fact that there is 11 people on on the you know on each team that are, you know, you don't you don't have to be nine feet tall. 250 right. pounds to, to, to play the sport. So it, it, it very much feels like this every man and every woman sport. And, and that is like, I wish there were more, I would have been playing soccer if there were more uh, fields and courts uh, in my neighborhood, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case. It was just basketball courts and handball courts, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, I wonder if there's something to be said about, you know, growing up, I think for a lot of kids, they see the opportunity to make it out because of the money that's involved with, you know, NFL, NBA, all these things. But now that, that, that dynamic has shifted, that's changed. You know, we, we've seen the the, the, um, the the minimum salaries and the money in MLS has gone up and, and there is opportunity to make, to, to make a living and change uh, change um, kind of uh, your, your family's life right. uh, in, in soccer now. Okay. Yeah. I all mean, right. look, a lot of things can happen, right? You, you know, you guys have Sons of Ben. Your supporters group, the Cooligans, also have. We have a sports group. Uh, it's called the Gully Squad. All right, and they came I, in with a bunch of questions. And then you know what? Squad. We have a couple sons of Ben members in uh, in Gully Squad as well. And this guy happens to be one of uh, a sons of Ben member, Mike Thomas. So I'm sure he's probably tweeted at you, or probably, I'm sure you've seen him at games and stuff. But he's he all in your requested DMs. Yeah, I'm sure he's all <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. No, he's probably but, uh, me great, off as I'm walking off. The field. <laughs> great dude, great dude. He asked. Um, uh, he said, if you guys want to go off the beaten path a little bit, he said, uh, Alibado is, is very into art collecting and, 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 mm. and just art in general. Uh, so and he was interested in, in getting to know more about that. So what is uh, your interest in art and how did it uh, any particular pieces that you're 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 proudest of? 
Yeah, I think uh, I started getting into it, obviously, being in Europe, living in Europe. Um, when I started, I guess, well, I would say becoming more cultured. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. The, so Sipping I, I, yeah. your coffee like, with the yeah. pinky out? Okay. For a yeah. South Florida guy, that simply means wearing a white scarf. I want everyone <laughs> watching to know. That means, oh, mira que fancy, okay? Yeah, fancy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little sweater wrapped around the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, but yeah, I think just going, just, uh, I don't know, um, just started being able to go to like more, seeing uh, more museums, like just getting out more and going to galleries and museums and taking part in more of uh, the art scene over there. And uh, I bought my first art piece when I was in France in Nantes and it just started building up. I started getting more into it. It started with like street art, urban art, you know. Uh, guys who uh, maybe you guys are familiar with like calls and Futura, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jose Parla. So, you know, I think that comes a lot from the, being in like the hip hop culture, right? Growing up and listening to hip hop. And right. you see now, you know, the Kanye West uh, album cover was designed by like George Kondo, who's a big, big art artist. Um, I'm, yeah, more, no. I'm more into Marie Kondo uh, and just cleaning up my house <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I just got into it. And, and like with anything, you become passionate about something once you dive into into it. And I just love it now. Every 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 city we travel to, I make sure to try to visit a museum or, or galleries with art and, and just see yeah. different collections and stuff. What? So now I, I've gone into it a lot more now. So I've been able to build up a, a decent collection at home and some pieces in storage. Okay. Yeah, Me and Christian what... are going to have to make you a painting. You know what I mean? Talk about expensive <laughs> art, you know? Maybe a I stick figure. Uh, a lot of it is seen as an I'm, investment stuff, too. I'm going to so. tell Alexis, paint, paint me like one of your French girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I love about it, it. At least in Europe, it's like Europe is old, right? It's, there's so much co- collected history. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, you know, as opposed to. There isn't that 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 necessarily. Uh, I mean, obviously, the North America and the United States is old, but like it was obviously conquered and pillaged, and there's so much history right. that was is gone and missing. But then the things that are like American pieces are just like dumb Confederate statues from like 40 years ago. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like this ain't art. <laughs> this ain't art, bro. This is made right. by a machine, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but that's like the thing, you know, art is like, I've always been fascinated with architecture, you know, like growing up and we moved around a lot. So I always love like houses and seeing how different houses can be designed. So, and I, I can think that just led to art. It's a form of art, right? And for me, art is like, it's very subjective, obviously, but sort, kind of like soccer, like, that's why so many people have different favorite players because they like this guy's style of play better than the other guy's style of play. And they'll agree yeah. about who played good and bad in the game. And it's like that, you know, and with art, you know, there's abstract, there's contemporary expression. Like there's all different types of art that you might not like it. Somebody else does, but um, I think like it's cool. Cause, cause I don't understand. I'm like, you paid how much for a gray and white Mickey Mouse with X's over the eyes? It's a <laughs> toy. Go, yeah. What are you doing? But everyone's <laughs> like, yo, this and that. I would have thrown that out. I would not have known. So it's all, you know, I, it's like, I've never made enough money to feel comfortable at an art gallery, right? Like I'll go, I've gone to like art shows and stuff like that. But then I look at the price tag on some things and I'm like, yo, am I <laughs> yeah. allowed to be in here? I'm like uh, a little concerned. That's why I take a step that back. That much. Yeah, no, it, it is crazy. It's a, it's a crazy world. I go for the free wine. You know, that's what I'm into. Uh, 
Uh, I, I, this question comes from Val Paschal, who's a big DC United fan. She wants to know that you, she wants to say that you've been very strong about making uh, social statements, whether it's in the game or after the game. Uh, what do you feel about the league sort of ramping up their messaging this year? Um, and are you a bit surprised? Yeah, yeah. obviously referring to the Black Lives Matter, especially during uh, yes. uh, the, the protest and, and during the MLS back tournament was incredible and very, very powerful. Yeah, I think fair play to them, you know, for, for being involved and as involved as they have been. Um, I think even the Black Players Coalition, they'll, they'll, tell, they'll tell you guys, the players involved with that, that the league has um, has stepped it up, you know, in terms of uh, coming to the table on certain issues and, and just talking about it, have a conversation and letting us players, you know, kind of um, dictate some of the issues that we're, um, you know, passionate about. Um like I said in the beginning before, a lot of this stuff, it, it shouldn't be political. You know, These are things we're asking as human beings. Like, how can you be against equality? How can you be against racism? How can you be against like treating each other better? Uh, you know, it's just, it's blas- blasphemous, some of the things that yeah. people will say a- against it. So uh, I, I don't think the league has been left with like, no choice, so to speak, but I think they recognize that in the future, you know, this is going to be looked down upon, like what side of history were you on? Were yeah. you there supporting um, people of color or, or your, your own players, athletes that have felt oppressed or feel a certain way? And, and it's about kind of bringing us all together. Or have you been, you know, against it or shutting them down or you know, shutting them up, so to speak? Um, so, you know, I, I give credit where credit is due. I think the league has done a good job at, at, at coming to the table and, allow it and, and kind of collaborating with us as athletes on, on various yeah. social. I mean, I, I think the main point uh, that we can all take from it is that protesting works, right? Yeah. I mean, look, even Roger Goodell from the NFL was like, I was wrong, right? So, yeah. I've, you know, he didn't feel that way at first and, and it's changing people's minds. So, so little stick by up little. for what you believe in. Uh, we have another question from a Gully Squad member, uh, Ebony Christmas. She had asked uh, a, a couple questions. So let's, uh, maybe we can separate these a little bit, but hopefully it's not too much. She says, how, has, uh, how have you seen your game improve in the past season? Is there anything uh, that, that that stood out uh, that you were like i'm gonna uh, you know i, I think as, as athletes were always uh i'm including we're we're you know alejandro as a we i put colombian shirt on i play in the sunday league i like, just i don't want to threaten you or intimidate you in any wow. way you can be a baller in a sunday league you know okay he is not my friend that was a strong we that was a almost french he was speaking <laughs> as athletes i'm sure you're always looking to to work on something every uh every year and uh i and i had remember somebody had mentioned i think this was last year you were responding to someone who was critical about your uh gameplay or i think something about speed or something like that and you were like that that isn't the only thing that matters in 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 soccer uh yeah so i guess to answer her, her initial question i think i brought it up earlier where when I first came here, you know, you, you come with this, this BP tag, you know, and there's this, uh, I guess, kind of set of expectations for you, you know, that you feel like you have to match uh, based on other DP signings and stuff like that. But I, I've never been a goal scorer. That's not what they signed me here for. They signed me to, you know, to play my game, which is to protect the defense, but also to be able to um, start the attacks and, and, and control kind of the tempo of the game and, and create things for, for our club. So. For me, the way I think my game has progressed and I've uh, improved is is not like thinking I have to be on the ball all the time or uh, always be making that final pass. Um, 
if you look at the way our team attacks, I, I would say that our, one of our strengths is that we we typically attack on the right hand side, and that's because I happen to be more on on the right hand side. <laughs> I'm able to find those pockets of space. I'm able to even off the ball movement when I'm I'm not even getting the ball. You know, I'm able to move the other teams. You know, six or number eight or even their center backs out of positions or outside backs out of positions that allow opportunities and space for my the other players on my team. You know, so these are all things that you know aren't. Uh, I guess for the casual fan, maybe don't catch your eye, you know, because yeah. I'm not a fancy guy. I'm not the step over guy I'm, uh, that you can play with FIFA and ball out on. Uh, but that's I a senior's job. That's yeah, that's a, a senior's job. Just give him the ball yeah, <laughs> and let him do his thing. But um, um, like in France, you know, they call me le facilitator, the facilitator. You know, yeah, yeah. in this game, soccer, it's a simple game, right? But it's hard to play simple. Uh-huh. If you yeah. get what I'm trying to say, so I, I think that's where my game has developed. Where you know, I let the with the center backs that we have now, and, and every guy on our team can can play with the ball. You know, let them be the guys who are shifting the other team with their ball movement. And my job is off the ball is to find those pockets of space where I can be open. And and there you go, bypass their midfield. I'm getting the ball behind their midfielders and attacking them and, and being able to yeah. play the ball forward to our attackers to let them do the work. Yeah, you got to facilitate giving the ball to Brendan Arrington and go, yo, shake them, shake those fools up. Yeah, yeah, yo, think? break some angles, my kid. <laughs> there you go, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't have that hip movement, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she also asked, uh, Ebony also asked, she said, how did the team come up with the idea to wear the different names uh, for their uh, the, the for their first MLS's back? game because we obviously uh the names for uh people who've been uh, killed by uh, police uh violence uh what was that what's that process like because that, that first game was definitely a very emotional uh you know kind of experience i think for everyone yeah absolutely yeah that's something that i'm really proud of from the club and from from us as a team uh we kept that really quiet because obviously that wasn't something that i don't think the league initially wanted um but you have to, yeah, because you have to submit uh, kind of like the uniforms the day before, all this stuff. But yeah. we kept it hush hush. But I'm going to give a lot of credit to our our black players on the team, Mark McKenzie, Warren Craval, and uh, and Ray Gaddis. Those three guys are, have been great leaders as well. And um, you know, Warren Craval is the one that designed uh, yeah. the black, black lives matter, matter shirts, shirts. That, yeah. that we're wearing. And and I think um, amongst themselves, they discussed the uh, the idea of um, you know what kind of message would it send out if we wore the, the names of the victims on the back of our jersey. So we got together, um, us four, along with our kit man. Um, and Jim came in uh, the equation later uh, as we talked about this idea. And, and Jim was obviously, yeah, I'm supporting you guys. I'll do whatever you do. You know, we'll keep it hush-hush. We, we're not telling anybody. So it was only pretty much us five that knew about it. Um, and we just unrolled it the night before the game. We had a, a, a call the team meeting together, and I let the guys know, guys, this is what we're going to do. Um, and I think it's very important that we don't support just our black teammates, but um, that we're supporting the, the victims, and we stand, we take a stand against you know police brutality, against racism, against these issues. Um, uh, that we use our platform. This is what we said we would do when we come down to Orlando, not just play, but also um, use our platform to to raise awareness for the social issues that impacts our lives. And everybody was behind it. And we gave every player um, uh, kind of a little uh, little notes about yeah. each victim and, yeah. and for them to, to look at it, study it a little bit uh, that night, uh, read about it. Because obviously some of these uh, names, I'm sure people weren't didn't hear about them or they weren't front news, mm-hmm. um, and that's what our team, that's what our players did. They read up, uh, up, up 
they read up on uh, on it and um just to make sure you know if they were asked any questions the next day and they, they knew what they were talking about and who they were representing you know wow um so it was awesome you know i think a lot of us had uh the club at least um had heard back from some of the families that they would love to have uh that jersey you know sent out to them so i know from uh, you know walter scott family I, I sent the message out uh wrote him a little letter and and signed the jersey for them and let that family have it. You know, everybody grieves differently, but I think it it, it was a nice first initiative for us. To, to, it was a great undertaking, I think, from us uh, and was, from our black players. Um, just from watching it on TV, it was extremely powerful. So thank you so much for everything you guys did. Um, thank you so much to Ale Bedoya of the Philadelphia Union for joining us. Uh, absolutely honored. Like we said uh, earlier, we are huge, huge fans of you. So thank you so much uh, for joining us, man. Uh, is there anything you want to let people know about uh, before we sign off? No, I just think it's important this year as an election year that everybody, you know, as a citizen, we all get out to vote November 3rd in the election. So make sure you, you take care of that. And uh, yeah, follow me on, on Twitter, Alibadoya17, on Instagram, Alibadoya, for some art, some soccer, okay. some <laughs> funny family stuff, whatever. <laughs> All Let's right. Go. All right. Yeah. Please, please vote uh, because our lives are a living nightmare the last four years. Uh, so, please, uh, so everybody, make sure you follow at Soccer Cooligans on all social media, at Fubo Sports uh, on all social media platforms as well. And make sure to subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel for full episodes of the program. So uh, let us end the show the way we normally do. Uh, as is tradition. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you, Alvadori, for doing this. Uh, uh, so for Alejandro Bedoya, my name is Christian Polanco. And I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the Cooligans! Cool